Hey, Carla, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's good to be with you. Yeah, good to be with you. Um, you know, I was looking at some of our uh, data on resources that uh, seem to be popular, and, and prayers kind of always rise to the top. CHA obviously provides a lot of prayer resources, not just for our members, but even for the public. And you, you play a big role in that, right? I do. I do a lot of work to manage our prayer website as well as uh, write a lot of the contributions along with some colleagues. Yeah, and I know our members in particular uh, use those reflections for meetings, uh, for maybe their own personal use. So I, I think that's a great uh, service you provide to your members. So I wanted to kind of call that out on you. And in fact, on this episode of this podcast, we're actually going to be talking about a new prayer resource that I think we're pretty excited about. So you ready to talk about that? Yes, thrilled. Let's do it. This is Health Calls, the podcast of the Catholic Health Association of the United States. I'm your host, Brian Reardon, and with me for this episode is Carla Keppel. She is the Mission Project Coordinator at CHA. Uh, so, Carla, tell us a little bit about, and just before we do that, I want to mention that in a few minutes, joining us will be Father John Fontana. I'll introduce him formally in just a moment, but let's chat for a minute before we bring Father John on. Uh, it's a project, uh, It's the Saint, we're calling it simply the Saints Project, so I guess to start off with, tell us a little bit about what, what's it all about. Yes, well, we did finally give it a name, um, and we it's going to be called Inspired by the Saints, Contemplations for the Catholic Health Ministry. Um, and the idea is that we wanted to create some huddle cards with some surrounding resources um, that might be useful for folks both on floors, in meetings, um, on particular saints' feast days, um, and and then we've centered them around the shared statement of identity for Catholic healthcare, which highlights seven core commitments. Yeah, and those commitments are just so everybody's aware. And I think these are important, and that's what I really like about this project is we've identified uh, seven saints that have a connection. Again, this is we're, we're we're providing this resource ahead of All Saints and All Souls Day, which is November first and second. And again, it's something that uh, across the Catholic healthcare ministry, those uh, dates are important because of of the work we do in caring for people who are sick and and remembering those who have passed. Uh, but the shared identity, I think, is really important because we have seven core commitments. Let me just read those really quick because I, I think it's always good to remind us that these sort of ground uh, CHA and our members in the seven commitments. And those are, one, promoting and defend human dignity, attend to the whole person, care for poor and vulnerable persons, promote the common good, act on behalf of justice, steward resources, and the final one is serve as a ministry of a church. So again, those those seven core commitments uh, over the years, we've we've done videos and just really try to emphasize that it that really brings us together, sort of to a common purpose. Absolutely. And then, so who are the seven saints? <laughs> well, we've got for this round, anyways, Saint Josephine Bakita. We have Saint Mark G. Tianxiang. Saint Peregrine Latziosi, which I hope we'll get to talk about a little bit more in our time together today. St. Elizabeth of Hungary, St. Martin de Pours, St. Catherine Drexel, and St. Francis Xavier Cabrini, also known as Mother Cabrini. And why these saints? Well, we had a few goals in mind when choosing these saints. Um, First, we wanted saints whose lives embodied those seven core commitments that we were talking about to really emphasize the potential role the saints could have in our ministry. Um, But second of all, we wanted diversity. Uh, We wanted men and women from all over the world, which um, 
if you check out the resource when it comes out, you'll see we've got folks from almost every continent. Um, and, and we were really thoughtful in who we chose. Um, but last of all, of all, we wanted a combination of both well-known folks and some of the lesser-known saints mm-hmm. um, so that the project could really speak to a diverse audience, you know, folks who feel like they know a lot of the saints and maybe folks for whom the saints are new to their prayer life. And so we're, we're putting together a series of resources in the main um item that people can, you know, order from our store, download, access uh, from our website again, which is chausa.org. Tell us a little bit about what people can expect. And there's some beautiful artwork, right? There's some incredible artwork. So we started with this prayer idea, Visio Divina. Visio Divina is a, a prayer style where you contemplate art. It doesn't require any particular art affinity. You just kind of take it in and invite God into your contemplation. Um, And so we knew we wanted to offer some really unique icons with this project. Uh, So we invited a local St. Louis artist, Lydia Wood, um, to help us out with that. Uh, And what we loved about her was that uh, she works in healthcare. She started out as an ER nurse and is currently a nurse manager for a pediatric cardiac floor. Hmm. Um, And then, you know, her night job is she's an artist and an activist. and just really thoughtful in how she approaches her life and how she approaches her work. Um, so we're thrilled with the pieces that we ended up with. Um, I, we think that there's a lot to uh, take in in your prayer, um, and they're just really beautiful. They, they are. They're amazing art. And again, we've got a video, too, that will uh, she'll talk a little bit about the process. So again, there's lots of resources with this. Um, I guess the final thing before we bring in Father John is... Um, you know, we think of saints and we think of, you know, the Catholic Church, uh, but in healthcare, that ability to have time to reflect, whether it's before a meeting or just individually, why is that so important? Why do we put so much emphasis uh, at CHA on providing reflection resources to our members? I mean, I think it's really at the core of, of what we do of and of how we do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what's special about Catholic healthcare and these core commitments speak to that uh, is that it's not just a job that we do, but it's really a vocation, a calling that we are called to care in a particular way. Nice. Well, I'm going to bring you back in a few minutes, but let me now introduce uh, Father John Fontana. He is uh, with the Priests of the Servants of Mary, also known as the Servites. Uh, Father John, thanks for being with us. You're, You're calling in from Chicago. I am. I am. It's a beautiful day here, and it's very good to be part of this uh, this podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, no, great to have you with us. And I know part of the inspiration for what we just talked about from this project uh, is a conversation you had with one of our colleagues at CHA, and, and I think it really centered around St. Peregrine, who I, I understand it is the patron saint of cancer. So what is it about St. Peregrine's life that uh, stood out to you as, as worthy of uh, reflection, especially for those of us in Catholic healthcare? Sure. I mean, the main reason why we would be talking about a, a 14th century Servite friar, um, aside from the fact that he is the patron saint, the universal patron of people with cancer and other life-threatening illness, is one particular event that happened at in his life at age 60. And it was a miraculous healing of what probably could be called cancer, or was called cancer then, cancerous sores on his leg, and the very night before he was to have it amputated. So as a member of the same community that he belonged to, and having been treated for cancer myself this year, I am invested in this, hmm. and I'm actually working in promoting prayer related to Peregrine and a ministry of healing. So one of the first things that really stands out about his life is his own brokenness at an early age, which I'll just 
mention a little later, and his sickness, both his own sickness and the fact that he dealt with the sickness of a lot of other vulnerable people to whom he ministered, both in hospitality where he lived and in hospitals nearby. The other part that combines with that, and it's pretty much what you had actually said, Carla, that is so central to CHA, and that's his deep awareness in this moment and his trust in the healing power of God. So when I think specifically of Catholic healthcare, I'm reminded of one detail about the prayer that he had before his surgery. He chose to pray in a room in his, in his Italian convent that had a fresco of Jesus dying on the cross. And it was the whole scene where that little community of his mother and Mary Magdalene and John were standing present at the foot of the cross. For the community that Peregrine and I both belong to, that scene is really central to our mission, which is inspired by Mary, not so much as the, you know, the, the saintly, glorious queen of all saints, which she also is, but specifically as a grieving mother of sorrow, watching her only child die. Mm. And doing so as a woman of faith, who was not just the mother of the child, but also his disciple, and who believed in that horrible moment that God was somehow present and active, even in the middle of this heartbreaking event. So when I think of Catholic healthcare, I imaginatively picture a similar scene in hospital rooms. Hmm. There are all those people who are continuing Jesus's mission of healing, as I understand CHA to very consciously be, with the gifts and with the tasks of healthcare professionals, but joined together with the loved ones, like those people at the foot of the cross, they're at the foot of the bed, feeling for the person and feeling with the sick person. So in a way, together, I see them as being this little community of compassion. I think then that some reflection on that scene of Peregrine's prayer before his, well, in his case, it was a miraculous cure, which was very nice, not always the case, but that might lead persons in healthcare to recognize, as you already said, actually, how important their presence is beyond their job. And along with the patient's loved ones, how much they can, even in subtle ways, minister to a person who's not only sick, but who also might feel afraid mm -hmm. and alone and vulnerable. And sometimes it's not a word that has to be said, but just the way that they're present to a patient right. being, can being present that is, person of the presence of Jesus. Yeah, no, and I think we really emphasize just being present in the moment. And the other thing that struck me as you're telling the story is, you know, we do talk in one of our, again, our, our shared statement of identity, one of our, our core commitments is attend to the whole person. And in Catholic healthcare, it's sort of a trinity. It's it's the physical, emotional, and spiritual needs of the patient. So how does reflection, um, prayer, being present, uh, and understanding that, you know, God is within our lives, how does that, in your mind, factor in and um, the care that we provide for our patients? Well, I think, again, even sticking with Peregrine, um, the, the whole thing for him was not that we're born naturally to do that. It, it's really a practice to learn how to pray and to contemplate. This guy was actually a pretty rebellious youth who belonged to a gang, and it was the forgiveness and peacefulness of a Servite priest whom he attacked hmm. that really touched him so deeply that he started out on this journey of prayer and contemplation. And so to, to answer more directly your, your question, the fact that he deeply contemplated and deepened his communion with God was something that allowed him, when he saw any other person, to recognize the presence of Christ in that person. 
and especially in those needy and troubled persons. And that might be the ongoing conversion of, of anybody in, in healthcare, any of us who minister to people, especially in the holistic way that you talked about. If we see Christ lying in that bed as a result of the prayer and the sensitivity that's come out of that prayer, we're certainly going to, to touch that person and, and, and connect with that person in a whole different way, uh, even quite happily. Uh, one, one writer said that Peregrine, for example, for him, the hospital was the, quote, the garden of his recreation. Now, can you imagine going to work with that kind of spirit? Every huh. day? <laughs> Uh, and so it was that combination of a commitment to prayer and the compassionate service that his prayer led him to that I think is really worth the reflection of persons in healthcare because it's the same rhythm of life and work mm -hmm. that I think develops someone who wants a job in a hospital who actually becomes uh, a minister whose vocation it is to serve in, in Catholic healthcare. Yeah, and the other cool thing about this project is we profile each of the seven saints. They all, uh, you know, we think of saints as being these perfect people that are sort of, you know, they have a halo around them. But really, there a lot of stories of saints are of, of people who are very broken, flawed. Um, and again, we're maybe found a conversion with Christ. Can you sp mm -hmm. can you speak to that a little bit about um, why that's important? Remember that we, we again, these are people that have been... Uh, in some ways held up on a pedestal, but really their lives are, are really fascinating. No, I'd, I'd love to speak about that because it, it's it's a real bugaboo of mine, I think, that so often... The, <laughs> Same! <laughs> so often the saints that we get, it, this is basically how it happens. All right, here's this person now who is superhuman and perfection in every way, and we're inviting you to imitate them. Well, good luck with right. that. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm delighted to hear that you that you have some of the people that that you have had uh, that you've chosen that is as saints for this project because actually in my own parish we've just decided made a decision recently to bring in a few new saints who are not the traditional ones who have been here and you know mean something to to people. But actually, Josephine Baquita is one of the people that we picked. And so we have a Native American, we have an African, we have uh, a Central American, uh, Oscar Romero, who went through a whole lot in his own conversion to even realize the kind of justice that he really should have been standing for rather than going along with political power and was martyred yeah. as a result of it. So, you know, part of the problem, I think, with the history of, of the church and saints is that the people that were canonized as we kind of narrowed it down over the first few centuries, ended up being mostly priests and bishops and popes and martyrs and people who were never married. Mm -hmm. And it's so nice to know that finally a married couple has been canonized and that the saints who are being chosen in more recent times, like some of the ones you've picked, are more globally and racially and vocationally diverse mm -hmm. so that more people like us can model holy lives on people who have struggled a whole lot with sickness and pain and being imperfectly human. So I think it's great that we have, as, as you said, uh, Brian, these kind of saints who are just so much more like us and who we can imitate rather than thinking it's a long, long leap to, to deal with, um, with what we call holiness and sanctity that probably has as many definitions as it has people. Yeah, and I think making them relatable, particularly if you look at, you know, who works in Catholic healthcare, we're not all Catholic. Right. Mm -hmm. And so how we we make these saints relatable that may come up in reflections, I think is really important and hopefully, you know, provide some inspiration. Um, and I don't know, Carla, any, any, any thoughts on that piece of how these resources could be used by people of all faiths? 
You know, I think Father John really hit on a lot of the pieces that were important to us in crafting this series. There's an author in the Catholic world, Meg Hunter-Kilmer, who has a saying that goes, you know, whatever it is you're going through, there is a saint for that. Mm -hmm. And I think the imperfections of the lives of the saints are really valuable for all of us in learning just, yes, how to be better Catholics for many of us, but how Mm -hmm. to be better people, how to be more thoughtful, more intentional, more authentic uh, in our day-to-day lives. So we did kind of time this around All Saints Day, All Souls Day, and and those two days are the Dia de los Muertos. Um, So Father John, uh, can you speak to how these two holy days uh, on the Catholic calendar uh, how do they speak to those serving us for those of us serving in Catholic healthcare? Sure, I think uh, all three of us have said something about All Saints Day in a way in our in our comments. And I uh, I Google just for fun patron saints of ailments, illness, and dangers. And as many specialists as they are in the healthcare field, there are as many specialists among the saints, really. <laughs> yep. I mean, they you want a saint, they've got them there. A whole long list of everything from minor aches to epidemics, and then including things like addictions and violent deaths and mental illness. So certainly uh, that list of saints that we remember on All Saints Day can certainly include particular ancestors in our faith community with whom we can identify, even to the point of the particular illness that's wrong with us, whether it's it's mental health or physical health or even heart Heart health in the sense of spirit and, mm. and soul. Mm-hmm. And so persons in healthcare can certainly be aware of any patient who connects with someone like that, as we do ourselves, who might just be reaching out for something that medicine alone can't provide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the yeah. All Saints Day even is, um, is a way that allows people sometimes, whether or not it's specifically about saints, that, you know, when they're in their beds without the family and without any of the healthcare people in there, they might just be reaching out for someone with a similar pain or anxiety in, in, in a need for connection and community and somebody who understands their situation. So in that sense, it's almost like for All Saints Day, rather than praying to the saints, we're praying with them. Mm-hmm. And, and in a way, I'm kind of more attracted to All Souls Day than All Saints Day in recent years. Because I think the origin of All Souls Day was that it was a way of remembering the, quote, ordinary departed Christians who didn't reach those, you know, those so-called yes. unreachable heights of holiness. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more, Father John. You know, our, our parents, my best friend, who, or my parents anyway, my best friend who died at 50, and, and some of these spiritual writers that I, I mentioned, they're as much saints as Peter, Paul, and Mary, and, and Mar- I better add Martha, it's, it's not a musical group here, it's saints we're talking about. <laughs> ultimately, ultimately, the saints aren't necessarily all that, as people would say. They're saints right. because they had a connection with Jesus. Yeah. And somehow, in their own way, with their own personalities and their own limitations, they end up showing off or manifesting some of the attitudes and actions and love of Jesus by their example, by their service, sometimes with stops and starts and flaws, and sometimes with considerable sacrifice. And if I could be a little theological for a moment, I might just mention that Christ is not really the last name of Jesus. It's our last name, because we are the body of Christ. And Mm. I think that helps us to understand the saints aren't all that far away, because we're all saints in process. We're saints in, Mm -hmm. in, in the making. We're called to grow into fully whole and whole lives. And we just hold up a few people who exemplify what's possible for all of us. 
And I'm glad you did sort of ground us in that theology and, and sort of bring it back. So, no, thank you for those comments. This is a fun conversation. I really enjoyed it. Carla, any just short recap on this? No, none, none other than we hope you'll enjoy and take advantage of all the resources that are going to be available soon um, on the website and in the store. We've got a, a whole host of different things along with these huddle cards that will be available shortly. And Father John Fontana, thanks for joining us. Uh, Father John is a, a priest of the Servants of Mary, also known as the Servites. Really appreciate your your uh, insights and, and sharing your thoughts with us today. Well, it was a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks for including Peregrine in your list. And I'm looking forward to seeing the, the artwork and the cards when they come out. Right. And again, I'm Brian Reardon, uh, host of Health Calls. Joining me for this episode was Carla Keppel. She's our, our mission project coordinator at CHA. Thanks, Carla. Thank you. Health Calls is a production of the Catholic Health Association. Today's episode was produced by Josh Matica and engineered by Brian Hartman at Clayton Studios here in St. Louis, Missouri. You can find episodes of Health Calls on all of your popular podcast and streaming platforms. And for more information about this project that we discussed today, you can visit chausa.org and access the information off of our homepage. Thanks for listening. <laughs>